host Joe Holtaway and a warm welcome to this, the latest episode of the Wake Up London podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about retreats. We have the long conversation is with Robbie Campbell from the London Sangha, who's recently completed the three-month rains retreat in Plum Village. We also talked to Brother Dowby, also known as Brother Warman, who shares a few words about the upcoming Wake Up Humanity retreat this summer in Plum Village. We also have some sharings from Wake Uppers about their retreat experiences. We have two music tracks, Grateful by Nemo, who you heard in the first moments of the program. We'll hear that in full shortly. And also Prayer by Betsy Rose. And we also have a reading this time from the book Fear. Thanks to Vanessa for that. Nemo is known to some as an MTV rapper and also to others as the founder of the Empty Hands record label project. Empty Hands was founded by Nemo after spending some time at the Gandhi Ashram in India. And the album, the first release on the label, also called Empty Hands, includes this song, Grateful. Some of us were at a music evening hosted by Nemo at the St. Ethelberger's Centre for Peace and Reconciliation some years ago. Some of us may remember that. That was when the album was being toured and promoted. You're my life, you're my breath, you're a smile, you're my guest, you're the earth, you're the sun, you're the grass, you are love, you're my hands, you're a bug, you're my eyes, you're a hug, you're the light in the dark, you're the spark, you are fun, you're my mom, you are water, you're the stars, you're my daughter, you're my friend till the end, you're my dreams, you're my father, you're the ants on the ground, the miracles that surround, I'm feeling it all around, the hemisphere in the clouds, you're my pain, you're my sorrow, you're my hope for tomorrow, you're the strength when I'm hollow, you're the path that I follow, you're the blessings that exist, the small things that are bliss, the gift to realize that everything is Because what I have is more than I deserve or could ever imagine How do I give back to all of this magic And spread the love so everybody can have it Doesn't matter if I'm rich or poor If I got a family or if I'm all alone Bad things happen, I can just complain and moan But there's a million things that I can be grateful for
exist The small things that are bliss The gift to realize that everything is a gift Grateful by Nemo Robbie went to complete the three months range retreat in Plum Village last year and now remains there through to the end of the year as a long-term lay friend. I spoke with Robbie in a small gap between the range retreat and going back. In the time of the Buddha, the, the range retreat was a time for the community to rest during the rainy season. And Plum Village, like many other practice centers, have continued that tradition of asking people to come to the monastery, the practice center, and to stay so that the energy and the community can build within that quiet space. We talk about Robbie's personal journey and we talk about the Plum Village schedule and why people choose to go on retreat. A note to the listener, we were in a very noisy <laughs> Victoria station. Um, bear with the noise if you can. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, this would go back about, I forget now if it's three years or something like that, that I first um, came to wake up. I've been practicing for some years before that uh, at the London Buddhist Centre in the Tree Ratna tradition uh, in East London. And I really loved my experience there. Um, and it was my first kind of more formal introduction to Buddhist practices. And at the same time, I've been I've been aware of Thay and his his uh, his practice and his tradition. And I'd read um, the Miracle of Mindfulness some years before, and somehow not completely taken it um, in. I hadn't connected with it in the same way that I, I, I do now. And. During the time at the London Buddhist Centre, I started to read more of Thai's books, and I just found it's like someone kind of gently blowing flowers in your face, the way he writes, <laughs> and the words, and the level of insight, and the simplicity of it. And it spoke to me in a way that I just wasn't um, being, t I wasn't being touched in that way by, by the other tradition. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was looking to sort of go deeper in the practice and I wanted to go to Plum Village and I went and I came to uh, wake up and really just never looked back. And you are now, in fact tomorrow you're going back to Plum Village, aren't you? On Friday. On Friday, yeah. that's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. And um, that is because of this, your wish to to do the range retreat. So you've been there already for some time and you've come back to London again. Yeah. Yes. How, did that, how did that come about, that decision to be there longer? Mm. I think um, I've, I've had an aspiration to uh, be in a practice centre or a monastery uh, for many years actually. And um, before I joined the Plum Village community. And meanwhile, for now nearly, well, 10 years, I've been in this kind of academic journey, which has been... Um, a long PhD experience over the last eight years. That's what I've been doing. And so I knew that it wasn't really a practical reality to take this kind of time out until I'd finished that. And the PhD, as PhDs do, was dragged on for many years, more than I thought it was. 
so I've, I've held this aspiration for a long time and then last summer I was arriving at the very last stages of the PhD and in combination with um, because Plum Village like many other practice centres has been closed because of the pandemic I, I was uncertain as to whether it would be a possibility this year uh, sorry last year even if I had finished my PhD it turned out it was a possibility to go and join the range retreat the, the 90 day intensive retreat that they run from late summer through to beginning just before Christmas and I it was very clear to me that that's what I wanted to do it was very clear to me that's what I needed at that time actually um, and the way that it works is once you uh, you, you complete that retreat if there's a mutual feeling within you and the community that you'd like to stay on and they feel you're, there's some harmony with the, with the Sangha and, and your presence there you can write a letter of aspiration and ask to join a one year programme uh, so that's what I, I did um, I, I actually only came back because of in, I came back at the end of November because of visa reasons because of our new situation and our Brexit situation which is somewhat surprising to find ourselves in this uh, position now but. and then um, I've actually been un unable to go back because of uh, Covid and border closures and things <coughs> between the UK and France but now finally I'm able to go back so I'm on the programme and I'll be there uh, until December mm. So for, for anyone that doesn't know about the ranger tree it's, um, <clears throat> it's tradition isn't it the, it's within the Buddhist tradition that because of the rainy season, sanghas would communities would get together and stay in one place for a period of time, and that's something that Plum Village can offer to people, whether they're there in the village or they do, you know, ask people to do retreats at home. But it's kind of a period of, of less kind of activity, less motion, but kind of an inward-looking. Yeah, how was how was it for you? Yeah, it, it's. I'd only actually been to Plum Village once for one week, maybe three years before, and so it's difficult. I, I'll probably know now more to how to compare the Rains Retreat with other periods throughout the year that they, the different retreats and things they offer. Certainly, from my experience, it. it, it um, I was coming off the back of just um, having a an oral exam for the for the PhD mm. which was a very difficult experience actually and I was kind of really needing this space to to rest and, and kind of recover from this long journey um, and I was very much arriving as I did in late August into this range retreat with a view to staying long term mm. uh, yes yeah. this is yeah thanks so much thank you you can take that <laughs> I love bits like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the listener, someone from the cafe has taken our plate away. Okay, go on, Robbie. My two hash browns, which were <laughs> yes. 60p in all. <laughs> um, so I was, I arrived with an intention to to stay long term. That was the, the aspiration I had. There was some, there was doubt though. I didn't know quite whether. Um, this particular practice would be right for me just at this moment in my life. There's a, an, another sort of large area for me is around trauma and how um, energies are held in the body. And actually, interestingly, the practice itself has, a, has kind of left a, a bit of a traumatic imprint because of 
various other conditions. Mm. So I, when I arrived, I was curious to see how my body would respond, whether it would feel kind of activated, activation in the nervous system, just sitting to meditate. Mm. So the beginning of the retreat was a period of settling. I'd say about the first month I was really just arriving and, and allowing my body to relax and feel safe, basically, in the space. Um, and then the, the sort of the second two-thirds, um, yeah, it felt much more... I was allowing a deeper level of things to arise. And, and the, 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 the practice, the, the schedule is designed in a way to kind of keep you engaged and you move through different practices throughout throughout the day. Could you describe a, a, a given day at one point? Yeah, yeah. So, so we wake up quite uh, what might sound relatively early, but of course you, you adjust quite quickly. Uh, and there's a morning meditation session. Uh, and then, then we have breakfast and then uh, there's often a, a session kind of mid-morning, which might be a Dharma class, where we'd have a, a Dharma teacher would come and offer teachings and we have discussions and things in, in a group. Uh, and then at 11.30, certainly at this time of the year, uh, we have a, a walking meditation practice, an outside walking meditation practice for about 45 minutes or so, which always begins with some singing in a group together. We sing some Plumberg songs. And then we have lunch, and then the afternoon... Uh, there's normally a service meditation period, so in Plum Village everything we do is, is a meditation essentially, so um, the, the eating meditation is actually the form of meditation we do most, uh, because we're doing it three times a day with every meal. Uh, service meditation is where we, we clean things and we tidy things up and we make arrangements for uh, whatever the community needs. Um, and then there's a period of, of sport or relaxa re relaxation or exercise before dinner. And then there'll be something in the evening, another uh, meditation session, perhaps some chanting or reciting um, sutras. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that kind of... I remember speaking to one of the, <coughs> the brothers once who said that they felt that one of the, the kind of major main conditions for happiness in Blumberleach was that there was a schedule and it just followed the schedule. So it frees up that decision making and allows you to be in the present moment in a variety of ways without really deciding, you know, just accepting and letting yourself go with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. And there's, and, uh, you know, Blumberleach is famous for having, this, we hear the sounds of the bell yeah, yeah. in many different forms um, throughout the day. Some are, um, there's the great bell in the morning, um, uh, and then there's bells to bring us back to our mindfulness practice throughout the day all the time, and then activities bells, so as you say, we, you don't really have to think so much, you hear a bell and you, and you just kind of make your way yeah. to whatever's happening next. on a rotation team so you're doing cooking or other things and but the rotation team the rotation itself is like every maybe six days so that you're not doing the same things on the same day each day so trying to plan like three weeks in ahead what day you might have some time free rather than the session is uh is quite is quite a thing it's really brings you back into you wake up and you look at the schedule and you just do whatever it says and that's very much part of the, the practice um, 
Lazy Day is an interesting thing to, to tell people about if they haven't been to Plum Village before because on a Monday there's a, this thing called Lazy Day which yeah, Ty I, I think wonderfully said we need to learn to be lazy yeah it's it's really a serious practice yeah it's yeah. not um, <laughs> yeah the art of being lazy is something that the, the brothers and the whole community take mm. pretty seriously so basically there's no schedule and they really try to avoid even scheduling like meetings sometimes so you know people do it differently but it is a time to um, to let to let go of the of the of the routine, so that you can come back to it renewed. Mm. And it's a really important. There's such a beautiful metaphor actually that um, I encountered from my my music research um, about how in drumming, and I think this comes from from a South African uh, tradition. If you imagine a um, a traditional African, South African drum with your hands. Mm. And when you strike, you strike, this, you make the sound with a downstroke. You need the upstroke to make the next downstroke. Mm. Okay. You, can't, you can't create energy without having the, the inverted space to do yeah. it into. Mm. And I love this idea of coming in and out of this flow of like stepping back just so you can move forward again. Mm. And how this lazy day is really important um, as a practice. Yeah. So you have to let go so that you can then pick up the things you want to again yeah. and begin anew. On that subject, do you mind saying a bit more about, you mentioned well, two things before, that you've been in this, in this academic journey for some time and also that trauma has been, has, has, you've been part of your experience and how has Plum Village affected your thinking around those two things? Yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting for me. I think... Um, I arrived at the realisation of, of how the body can hold different energies. Mm. Really through my meditation practice and long-standing difficulties I've had with just sitting with the body. And this is something that so many people experience. Um, whether it's uh, a very active mind, whether it's a restlessness, whether it's emotional things coming up. And I think um, what happened in my case was recognising that the, the consistency of the experience over a decade, virtually, was concerning me. And, and I, was, I was speaking to um, various Dharma teachers, actually, and there wasn't a consistent um, message about what the best thing to do and how to work with it. And so I kind of stumbled across this um, movement called Trauma-Sensitive uh, trauma Mindfulness. Uh, which is uh, mostly based in the States, a guy called David Trelevin. Um, so trauma-sensitive mindfulness, is that what I said? Trauma-informed, trauma-sensitive, TSM is yeah. Yeah, what it's called. And it was a massive eye-opener. It was a body-opener. I suddenly recognised um, what was going on for me. And when you start to look at all the conditions of how the body holds things, it, it's very, very complicated, and that's that's the thing about trauma. Is you can have very specific incidents, and they, they it's known as kind of capital T trauma, um, and that can you know be all sorts of different things, uh, very major specific incidents. But you also have small T trauma, which is basically just being kind of held in long-term spaces that are either not safe or are pushing 
against your essentially kind of your nervous system is under certain stressful conditions for too long and and your body is protecting you basically by developing certain uh, symptoms and I can see that the PhD is one of those um, factors in my life you know it's very interesting as I've been learning about trauma and how we all have trauma we all being born as a human is a very traumatic experience um, being an infant is, is traumatic not being able to communicate or understand emotions so we all have this journey um, and I could see that for me being I think the the lack of attention in academia like in so many um, industries or areas sectors uh, the, con the, the economic conditions of you know sadly the truth about how we have to operate means that the attention to well-being is, is always secondary and I think with PhDs the way PhDs work is so many, and I think anyone who's done a PhD or knows anyone who's done a PhD would recognise this, is that they're very difficult programmes to do, and there isn't necessarily um, enough attention on wellbeing. And so my own journey has been one of realising the impact of particularly neurodiversity. My PhD is, is, is around dyslexia. Uh, and you and I both uh, have, an, have a relationship to, do, yeah. to dyslexia yeah. and music. Yeah, we do. Um, we've spoken about it before, and, yeah, and my yeah. PhD is about dyslexia and music making. And, and of course, doing a PhD in this academic world, which is based around a particular kind of literacy, as this kind of alphabetized um, type of information processing, mm. and how perhaps you and I, you know, are very always have a love for sound and community and sharing with our bodies and with other other forms um, as so many other people do and the relationship between having to be in this space where I'm having to basically read and do a lot of processing very heavy what feels to me very heavy academic material over a period of time and recognizing suddenly that that has left an imprint in my body that I have to process so Arriving in Plum Village was partly carrying all, all this with me. And with this interesting twist that it was also partly the practice that had been not supporting me the way that I was practicing. So it was very interesting to, to learn how to um, relearn how to practice after 10 years, to say, okay, I'm gonna stop everything. I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna only meditate in a lying down position. I'm going to make sure that if I feel activation in the system, so it might be anxiety or panic attack, then I would just stand up or open my eyes and then I would just leave the hall. Um, which is a bit counterintuitive to our, you know, what we learn and how, how we're, to how the practice, the yeah, yeah. Is, 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 is the kind of equanimity and mm -hmm. to, to offer kindness and to be with uh, no matter what comes up. So it's an interesting shift of, yeah. of emphasis. Mm. Is there a sense that if you do leave a situation, <clears throat> there is kindness in that because you're doing an attentiveness to, you know, your needs, I suppose, that matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm. I'd see it as, a, as a, another level of kindness. And, yeah. and all the time that I've been in, a, in city meditation, for example, and we, you know, we have such beautiful practices around mm. self-care and... Um, offering 
loving kind, loving kindness and attention and awareness to particular parts of our body. And I never realised that actually it could be kinder to just say, now's not the time for this, now's the time. Now's the time to do a different kind of practice. Mm. And that's always been in the tradition. Um, it, it goes back... Yeah, th this notion of trauma within the Dharma is there. Mm. There's a different terminology about it, and I think it's been interesting for me to, to speak to lots of brothers in Plum Village who carry a deep wisdom about the bodies and the practice, mm. but without the terminology, the kind of more medical terminology that we might... Yeah. Uh, look at now about activation of the nervous system and different kind of mm. um, yeah responses that, that we understand in more medical terms. Mm. I remember hearing Ty once say, and I'll, <clears throat> I'll, I'll get this probably not quite right, but he's, he said you can you can choose the lotus position, and then he said you can choose the chrysanthemum position, you can choose the daffodil position, <laughs> and he's basically saying you know whatever's most comfortable for you, you should do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we have the four postures are taught in, in yeah. I think, all, pretty much all Buddhist traditions mm. the sit, sitting meditation and, and standing and lying down and walking. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah we, I, I think symbolically, there, we, we have this image of sitting meditation as being the way that we practice, and, mm. and it is so central to so many traditions. Not, of course, not just Buddhism, I mean, any, many spiritual practices. and. Um, I do I do love about the Plum Village tradition that the practices are sort of dispersed across so many different forms yeah. that there's always a way in for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even just sitting, deep listening and, mm. and, uh, and loving speech and um, and the walking and the walking's been really important for me. Mm. Mm. That's wonderful Robbie, thank you. Safe travels on Friday. Thanks so much, Joe. Yeah. yeah, lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much, Robbie, for your time there and sharing your breakfast with me. We also spoke to Brother Dow B, also known as Brother Warman, about this year's Wake Up Humanity retreat coming up this summer in Plum Village. Every year, Plum Village opens up to wake uppers during the summer for a week of being together. Wake uppers come from all over the world and this year will be the first time in two years that it's happened in person. And Brother Dalby tells us about that and his experiences of being there as a monastic. Brother Dalby is a wake-upper from Indonesia and is currently on the monastic five-year program. Hi, this is Brother Dalby. I would like to share with you the wake-up retreat in Plum Village. We call it Wake Up Humanity this year. This retreat is one of the highlights in Plum Village, and I always look forward to practicing with young people and like-minded folks. Every day during the retreat, we practice the meditation with about 500 young people, which is so inspiring for many of us. To see the meditation hall is full of young people. We will do Plum Village things that you might usually do, or you'll do it for the first time if you've not been before. We'll do walking meditation, deep relaxation, sharing, singing, dancing, hiking, bonfires, so it will be a lot of fun. We learn about the possible world that we know can be true when we are in the community. And if you're new to Plum Village, it will give you an opportunity to experience what it's like surrounded by peers. I love it because I have learned that the practice doesn't have to be too formal and serious. 
when we play games, music, sports, and have fun together, especially with young folks, is also the practice. If you're interested, you can come to plantvillage.org. Thank you. Hello, my name is Max, and my Dharma name is True Aspiration of the Heart, and I am speaking to you from Plum Village, France, in Lower Hamlet. And uh, I'm currently on retreat for two weeks. This is my eighth retreat um, in Europe. And um, I've also been on retreats in the UK. And I would highly, 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 highly recommend them. Um, it's like taking a bath in the collective energy of Sangha. Um, deepening practice and really cultivating joy, the joy of togetherness, um, the joy of compassion and love, um, the joy of laughter, and the joy indeed of shared tears. Um, it's just an amazing experience, so I would highly recommend any wake-up retreat, any uh, retreat in the UK where wake-uppers are part of the organizing team and also beautiful Plum Village. I've also been to the European Institute of Applied Buddhism in Germany, which is also magnificent. And I'm sure all of the Plum Village uh, retreat centers are equally wonderful in offering retreats. Um, because I'm trying not to fly, um, I'm not going farther afield. So, blessings to one and all. My name is Tuan, and um, for me, retreats are really about resting and letting go of a lot of things that are troubling me in my uh, life. And it's a moment to kind of start fresh and press a reset button and um, also think about what direction I want to be going into to, to set some intentions, um, very similar to New Year's intentions that people do. And um, going to Plum Village, I often, well, I always have questions, you know, just about things in, in, in life or things that I'm struggling with. And I find that um, being there with the wisdom that is there from the monastics, but also from the, the community and the people and the lay people that come, um, I get a lot of answers, uh, or at least I get sent into the right direction of where I need to be going to, to look for the answer and to, to grow further as a person, I think. And so going to Plum Village is actually also very therapeutic for me. Um, yeah, I love going there. Yeah, it's quite amazing, isn't it? How it really can, your life can really change in, you know, in an instant or in, in a week. Mm. I remember what, I remember a moment, because it's so profound, isn't it? Going somewhere alone, especially in silence, in the noble silence of the mornings. And um, yeah, I didn't know anyone and I'd done some traveling alone, so I was confident in that but it was such a it was a leap of faith really I think for myself to go but I remember when we, we did um walking meditation I think it was the first morning after sitting when there's like 500 people that you don't know you know and you haven't really spoken to yet and and then we were outside we were walking in the forest and the sun was just coming up and I just started crying it was just so beautiful 
Mm. And it was like something in me just, yeah, did, did wake up this connection to to life, you know, to nature, to something beyond myself. Thanks very much for your sharings. You heard respectively there from Max, from Twan and from Rachel. The section from Rachel is an excerpt from the next long conversation on the next episode of the podcast. Rachel is involved in running retreats at a retreat centre in France with support of Plum Village Monastics. You can find out more by listening to the next episode. In the meantime, you could also find out about two retreats happening later this year by visiting Wondrous Sound Linktree. So linktree.com forward slash Wondrous Sound. Any links mentioned in the programme can be found at wakeuplondon.org forward slash podcast. Our reading this episode comes from Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa, for taking the time, who is reading from Thich Nhat Hanh's book, Fear. If you'd like to be a reader in another episode, then please get in touch. One day I was walking and I felt something like an umbilical cord linking me to the sun in the sky. I saw very clearly that if the sun was not there, I would die right away. Then I saw an umbilical cord linking me to the river. I knew that if the river wasn't there, I would also die, because there would be no water for me to drink. And I saw an umbilical cord linking me to the forest. The trees in the forest were creating oxygen for me to breathe. Without the forest, I could die. And I saw an umbilical cord linking me to the farmer who grows the vegetables, wheat, and rice that I cook and eat. When you practice meditation, you begin to see things that other people do not see. Although you don't see all these umbilical cords, they are there, linking you to your mother, your father, the farmer, the sun, the river, the forest, and so on. Meditation can include visualization. If you were to draw a picture of yourself with these many umbilical cords, you would discover that there are only five or ten, but maybe hundreds or thousands of them, and you are linked to them all. In Prom Village, where I live in southwest France, we like to use gathers, short practice poems that we recite silently or out loud throughout the day to help us live deeply every action of our daily life. We have a gather for waking up in the morning, a gather for brushing our teeth, or even gathers for using the car or the computer. The gather we say as we serve our food goes like this. In this food, I see clearly the presence of the entire universe supporting my existence. Looking deeply into the vegetables, we see sunshine is inside them, a cloud is inside, the earth is inside, and a lot of hard, loving work is also there in the food before us. Looking in this way, even if no one else is sitting down with us to share that meal, we know that our community, our ancestors, Mother Nature and the whole cosmos are right there with us and inside us in every moment. We never need to feel alone. One of the first things we can do to soothe our fear is to talk to it. 
you can sit down with that fearful child inside and be gentle with him or her. You might say something like this. Dear little child, I'm your adult self. I would like to tell you that we are no longer a baby, helpless and vulnerable. We have strong hands and strong feet. We can very well defend ourselves. So there is no reason why we have to continue to be fearful anymore. I believe that talking to the child like that can be very helpful. And we'll leave you this episode with the song Prayer by Betsy Rose. Also from Peace Sounds 2, like Nemo's Grateful. You'll be glad to know that Peace Sounds 3 is underway and is looking like it will be out later this year. Betsy Rose, some of you will know as the writer of some famous Plum Village songs, Breathing In, Breathing Out, amongst others. Betsy has been a long-time friend of Plum Village. In a conversation we once had, Betsy told me how when Thich Nhat Hanh was in America visiting many places to talk about peace in Vietnam, Betsy attended a retreat amongst other artists where Thai talked about how art has a power to bring peace and encouraged songwriters, poets, storytellers and painters and filmmakers to do just that. I hope to record another conversation with Betsy for another episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Like all Wake Up Projects, the podcast is possible thanks to donations and you can donate for listening on the page at wakeuplondon.org forward slash podcast. You can also contact us there if you have suggestions for future episodes or you'd like to be involved in making a sharing or a reading. Please also suggest music. Peace Sounds is a project that will continue into the future and it's always great to hear music that could nourish the community. Thanks. Take care. This is how I'd like my life to be To live as trusting as a leaf on a tree Let the seasons take good care of me This is how I'd like to be To not be fearful of the falling down Not cling too tightly when my time Gladly sink into the winter ground Knowing the best of me will come back around This is how I'd like my life to be To be a ripple on a midnight sea Down again in 
This is how I'd like my life to be To find my music and to set it free Open up to all the harmony This is how I'd like to be To not be fearful of the wounded throat To sing the beauty of the broken note Trust my breath and let the song unfold Risk it all and let the truth be This is how I'd like my life to be Just sitting here right now with you and me A little moment in eternity This is how I'd like to be To live as trusting as a leaf on a tree To be a ripple on a midnight sea to 